Welcome to Hip Hop Culture, where DJ, MC, graffiti art are expressed every day within the inner cities of America and the world. You are not doing hip hop, you are hip hop. Welcome back, guys. Thank you again for joining us for another episode from a DJ's perspective. Today, I have someone that I have the opportunity to speak with for the first time, but I love what she does. And that's none other than DJ TJ. How are you doing today, TJ? Hey, hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on with us today. It's an honor. You know, again, thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, uh, today we just want to kind of pick your brain and kind of, you know, you know, find out something about yourself and then kind of get your take on what you like and what you don't like. Um, so my first question is, how did you come up with your name? Yeah. So <laughs> the entertained events. Well, it actually was our second name. The first company name is kind of embarrassing now. <laughs> um, I I started as a, I guess, a solo op DJ in my early 20s. But when I was doing it, um, I sang with a band at the time. And that's what kind of got me into club DJing because um, the club owners would ask, you know, us as a band to, to DJ between sets or before and after. And the guys kind of threw me in that role just because I had radio DJ experience. Um, but completely different, obviously, than radio DJing. And that just kind of grew from the bar owners asking me if I would host karaoke shows, too, because they knew I sang and now DJed and had the equipment in it. So that opened up um, a karaoke DJ company in the beginning that we called Bad Enough Karaoke Entertainment because... I was a total rocker chick and thought that was a cool name at the time, I guess. <laughs> um, so I was actually bad enough entertainment for a long time. And um, once I started getting out of the club sector into getting asked to do weddings and, and private events, I was like, this is a terrible name for doing private events, not the right image that I wanted. And overall, I knew that I wanted my brand to just be entertainment in general and I knew that my vision down the road was just to be like I just want to entertain people um so I always I just always thought of like our the slogan being be entertained and it kind of just stuck from there of being all right be entertained events is is where I'm headed so I changed the name um gosh that was 10 years ago now I guess so I changed it to Be Entertained Events when I was still in Florida before I even moved to Texas. Um, so when people ask me what my company name is, I usually answer that same way. And I'm like, just think of it like Be Entertained and, and think of a DJ and you'll remember me. So I kind of, yeah, that's how it evolved from the beginning. Hmm, that's nice. It's uh, <laughs> a lot of information. I have several questions to ask off of that. Uh, and, and I just think it's always... Uh, interesting to find out how things evolve. Yeah. And you said, you know, you were with a band initially, 
And yeah. uh, were you the lead singer or? I I was the lead female vocalist, but okay. um, we had a male singer as, as the predominant lead. Florida's very heavy into um, the rock music scene, so it was just like the beach music's definitely very rock heavy, so we had a predominant male lead singer, and then I did a lot of backup and just the female songs that we threw in. Mm, okay. So where did TJ come from? How did that originate? Yeah, TJ was more of a nickname um, that started, I guess, in high school. And then I started as a radio DJ when I was only 16 and a half, almost 17. And um, I don't remember who kind of dubbed that on me at the radio station, but it was kind of a joke at that point because it was my initials. So it was just kind of like DJ TJ, but I still went by my full name on radio. Um, but once I got to Florida, everybody still kind of nicknamed me TJ from the beginning and um, that name kind of stuck and then I I just I kind of went along with it and I guess once I moved away from Ohio where I'm originally from um, you know this whole different persona version of myself evolved into the music scene and TJ just felt right and uh, DJ TJ was born pretty much from there and then everybody just knew me as TJ, so um, nobody really ever calls me my full name unless I go back to Ohio now. And even if somebody does call me Tiffany, it kind of takes me a second to register that they're talking to me. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, TJ's just, I, I go by TJ even if I introduce myself to someone now. Isn't it amazing how something that you really didn't care for becomes you? Yeah, and I I don't even, I mean, if, if someone calls me Tiffany, like, I really do. I think of that as, like, you know, my younger self, teenage mm-hmm. years, just not really knowing who I am. And that evolved into TJ, and I'm like, that's that's who I am now. So um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to, you know, I, I like the wiser version of myself now. <laughs> so I'll mm. stick with TJ. It just, it fits me better. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I totally understand. Yeah. So you uh, you said that uh, radio DJing and and DJing were two totally different things. What yes. do you mean by that? Yeah. So I was on um, an open format radio station. Lots of we had. I mean, we had a talk show on there. I was given complete freedom, which was amazing, and that's unheard of now to even think of um the radio station really gave me freedom to do kind of whatever I wanted in my afternoon slot um or on the weekends and so I had I had I would do like call-ins and interviews and um we did kind of like a uh it was almost like a countdown of top songs on that day of all the different decades and genres which was such a blessing to me now because I'm very you know my not my knowledge of music is very extensive and that was thanks to that from a very young age of just hearing stuff that a teenager probably would normally listen to <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I got to learn a lot of music just from doing my research for that show but we also just we didn't the other radio DJs that I shadowed um didn't really mix like actually mix or blend music it was more of just 
at that time we were using CDs, which I'm like totally tell my age, but I started working with CDs and um, it was just don't feel bad. Yeah, I, I worked with vinyl. Oh, we so had vinyl get... too, which was so cool. Like, yeah, I I actually did. I used vinyl in the radio station of some of the older stuff, which was super cool because otherwise I would have never had that experience. Um, but it was really just putting on the track and and just playing the music. It wasn't any blending or or learning any of that at the radio station. It was more the MC side of it and the talking part of it, and then um, just giving like facts and information about the music and then playing the track. So when I went into like club DJing, like I. I did know my music and I knew all different types of music, but I hadn't learned how to actually blend or mix at all yet. And I was just kind of thrown mm. into it. So I, I really, I really had to focus and I took a class like online um, that had like an online teacher and everything. And I was already DJing in clubs, but I had no idea what I was doing. I knew AV, wow. I knew audio, but mm -hmm. I, and I knew my music, but I had no clue as far as like a DJ board yet or um, even like DJ programs. Like I didn't know any of that. It was just a completely different side of the spectrum that I hadn't had any experience with. So did, and, and this is kind of off script. So with that taking place with you, did, did you have an urge to want to be better and learn how to do those things? Because you could have clearly made a choice and said you know what this will work yeah um no i did i i mean i think i was very lucky where i was already in the music scene and i knew i like the the music scene was so tight-knit uh, up and down the beach that i knew all the musicians like we all knew each other we all like um kind of support each other's shows um and i also knew a lot of the djs and the really great nightclubs and of course it was a destination like vacation area so mm -hmm. really great DJs and some of those um, higher end clubs so when the band was out playing at some of those and they had kind of their resident DJs who would open I got to shadow some of them and you know the bandmates were just so great to me where they already knew those DJs beforehand because they had been you know in the scene longer than me they were older than me so they did the introductions for me and I got to show up early and shadow those DJs and those DJs would just kind of like explain to me what they were doing throughout the process of their their opening shows mm -hmm. and otherwise I would have never had that introduction or and female DJs weren't a thing back then so I feel like otherwise they would have been like ah, you know shrugged me off and because it just wasn't stereotypical for a a 21 year old girl to be interested in DJing at that time. So um, I kind of threw him for a loop there, I think. But I, I definitely got to see behind the scenes and venture into like learning online because luckily that was an option even then. So I think that threw me into actually wanting to be good at it just because I got to see some of the really great DJs in the area and what they were doing versus like. I think if I'd only been a karaoke DJ, I would have never been pushed into that area. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. And then it's, it's, again, it's just always interesting to hear someone's story and know what took place along the way that pushed them to be what they are. And, yeah. You know, and that continues to push them to be more than what they are. 
So, yeah. so I love that. Uh, <laughs> and, I'm, and thank you for sharing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how long have you been a DJ? Well, let's see if I, I'm not sure if I count my radio DJ days, but if I do, Interesting. yeah, like if I count my radio days, um, I have been DJing, let's see, almost 18 years. That's so long. That makes me sound so old. <laughs> oh, you're a baby. I've been doing this over almost over 35 years. So yeah. don't feel bad. That's a great thing. You know, yeah. You know, longevity is great. And when it comes to age, you know, I'm just a firm believer in, you know, you're only as old as you feel, you know. Yeah, definitely. And if we we believe in the things that are said in the Bible of people living, you know, 200 years, this and that, then that makes all of us babies. Yeah, I know, (laughs) know, right? Yeah, so, no, that's great. I'm, yeah, I'm honored uh, to even have that opportunity to have that much history it's a beautiful thing yeah and i'm pretty sure when you go back and just just evaluate from point you know from from your start point i mean from your starting point to where you're at now man there are so many memories that that i'm pretty sure that you 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 love those memories because it's those memories that have helped to shape you into who you are today absolutely yes Okay, so you you kind of touched on what drew you to DJing. It, it's it's almost like you just kind of got thrown into a bonfire, but it seems like that there was something else behind that that even pushed you to say, "All right, I'll do it." Yeah, I definitely it did just kind of drop in my lap. Is kind of my joke about it, but I I never. I never looked at it like, oh, I'm going to be a DJ one day. Um, In hindsight, it's so crazy because I have like memories of being really young. I mean, I was probably like six, seven, eight years old. And I had one of those like, you know, the old, like probably the first ones that ever came out of the karaoke machines at home that you could have. Mm -hmm. They were like the little cassette players with a little Mm -hmm. microphone, you know, and my parents had gotten me one of those. And I always loved to dance and I just always loved music. And I have memories of making my own radio shows, like DJ radio shows from that age, which is so crazy to me now. Because it's not like at that age, I was like, I'm going to be a DJ one day. Like it wasn't that at all. It was just me being creative and having fun with music and kind of mimicking the radio DJs at the time on air. And I would you know, basically have the radio on and it's, you know, we all did it probably. Um, that as soon as your song came on, you'd hit record really fast, you know, run in the room, hit record and stop it when the song was over of recording the songs that were on the radio. And then I had the little mic that was the karaoke mic and I would record myself in different voices, like making my own show, like kind of like a demo tape, but I was a kid, like just having fun. That was like playtime for me. So, it's funny now looking back because it was like, oh, I feel like I, I was kind of, old, you know, doing it already and destined to be where I'm at now, but didn't know it then. Um, you were in training. I Yeah, I, mean, I was doing it myself and learning on my own. And then when I was a teenager, I was I was actually really shy as a kid. Like I was very, very shy, very introverted. And my parents put me into like a modeling school just thinking it might 
bring me out a little bit. And I fell in love with the modeling side of it and commercial print and photography and acting from there. So I got really dedicated to acting in my teenage years and I went to acting classes and I, um, I traveled around the U.S. and did acting competitions and, and auditioned for different colleges for acting. And my agent at the time was actually like, hey, why don't you go in, try a couple radio stations in the area and see if any of them will let you do um, spokesperson, you know, just like uh, voiceovers for free, just so we can put it on your resume. And I went into this one radio station that was near me and pretty much said that like in an awkward way. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just went in with my, my, my acting headshot at the time and my resume and I was like, hey, like I'm just looking for some voiceover work if you have anything that maybe I could do for free. Um, just wanted to talk to somebody about that. And I think the secretary at the time took took it and gave it to the boss and was just like, probably didn't know what to do with it or something. <laughs> maybe she'd never been asked that before. Um, and they called me actually and they were like, yeah, like come in and let's record and just let's just see how you do. So I went in there thinking I was gonna be doing like a free voiceover commercial or something. And um, pretty much on the spot, he was like, hey, I have an opening coming for a weekend, just part-time radio DJ opening on the weekends at night, would you be interested? And I was 17 at the time and I was just like mind blown. And I'm like, yeah, of course, like that would be amazing. And I started training with the resident evening radio DJ to learn what I was doing I didn't know anything at that time I didn't know anything about AV um you know just going in completely fresh and that's really how it fell in my lap and then from there they liked me so much they offered me the afternoon spot when it opened up so it just kind of grew from that very first initial walking in thinking I was doing a free voiceover work <laughs> and they just dropped that in my lap and surprised me wow going through uh they it's like they dropped you back to seven years old again. Yes, like they really did. I didn't see it at the time, but it's so crazy that it worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful story. I, uh, man, I love it. Yeah. And it's just, again, you know, it. you go back and look at your life and you realize that you've been training yourself for something, you know, in your youth, you know, mm -hmm. that led you to what you're doing today. You know, so I totally understand. You know, music has been the, one of the focal points of my life, my entire life. So yeah. it's it's only it was only destined that I was going to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, like everything just works out and falls in its place. Oh yes, oh yes, and it's it's just funny for me. The first thing that I hear is music. You know, there can be noise going. You know, all type of noise. If there's music playing, my mind fixates on yes. the music. And I don't Me hear too. nothing else but the music. Yeah, it's like in your blood. You can't help mm -hmm. it. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, what is it about DJing that continues to push you to do it? You know, I, I really love stories. Um, I think that's what it really comes down to for me. I mean, I really love people in general. So that side of DJing, I really just like being able to make people happy and, and let them have a good time and be a part of that. But 
at the foundation of it, it's always been just me loving people's stories. And um, I loved being able to like talk to people in clubs and hearing their stories because obviously alcohol kind of opens people up. They're willing to share a little more. And I just yeah. met really interesting people. Um, and then they would, always, you know, people were constantly requesting songs in nightclubs or bars or restaurants, wherever I was. And I'd always hear the story behind why they wanted to hear it. And almost always they'd be like, oh, this was blah, blah, blah song. And I think I, I started figuring out pretty early that music just has a way of um, like summarizing our life in a way and transporting us to certain memories and making us feel certain things. And the, the music side of it, to me, that's the most beautiful part of it and then bringing that into weddings or birthdays or whatever type of celebration you're helping someone um bring together i i'm more interested in um their playlist of why they chose certain songs and the story behind those and how that affects the event and that's what keeps me so interested and not um or so passionate about the career in general that it doesn't get old to me because every event's really different because everyone's story is different and everyone's playlist is different. It's telling a different story. So it just always comes down to someone's story. Like that's just at the foundation of the career for me and how I view it. And I never really get sick of that part. And that's a beautiful thing. And, and one of the, one of the things that I love about, weddings it's kind of centered around that you know i love to see the joining you know two people join join yeah. one i love to see you know the families and the friends and everybody else that's associated with that day yeah join together as one mm-hmm. you know in all of the the fun emotions that you see you know from the DJ booth or from wherever you're at because what our what we see a lot of people never see. Right. You know, if we're paying attention. Because yep. there's so many subplots and so many things that are going on inside that room. Mm-hmm. And I just I love that. Yeah, love we get that. to we get to experience the highlight reel every yes. weekend, which is yes. really amazing. Yes. Yes, and for me every once in a while you know, I almost tear up and it just, you know, shoot, shoot those emotions yeah. out through my body. And it's I like, know. wow, <laughs> like, wow, man, that was Me beautiful. Too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. So, yeah, so I feel you on that one. Uh, so when I ask this question, um, I'm not asking this question in a way of competition in the sense of, of competing. But what is it about you that separates you from other DJs, in your opinion? Hmm. Well, the most obvious answer there <laughs> is that just being a female DJ, um, which, which 10 years ago did set me apart a lot, even five years ago, and kind of my, my spiel that I would always give a bride, like, who knows better what a bride would want than a bride herself. Um, mm. And that's how I connected so well with so many of my couples because the brides are doing most of the planning and 
And I would be helping them along that way with the music side of it and just being able to give advice and tips and, and maybe not even just music tips, but just wedding tips in general of like, here was my experience or my sister's experience or, you know, just wanting them to have the most amazing day in general. And that was an immediate connection that I have to my brides even now that I can, I can kind of like, I can go in the bridal suite and hang out with them before the show starts and help calm their nerves or help talk them through things um, where a male DJ obviously can't. But I also think a lot of it is just, and then I don't want to say this wrong because it's definitely not like a, it's kind of a gray area. Of course, it's not always black and white, but I do feel like women are naturally just, we have a lot of intuition and we um, were impasse in a lot of ways and we can feel energy Um just naturally on a higher level this I mean I read this a lot this might I don't think this applies to all males of course but I do think women just have this amazing intuition and can sense different things like different energies and different things in the room and it enables me to be an mate like just one of my best skill sets I think is just being able to read the room and read the crowd and whether they're reacting to certain things. And I'm just really good at reading body language in general too. And I think that comes back to me being just a lot of acting training. It's just natural for me to like be able to mirror people and pick up on their body language on the dance floor. And I know that I'm really exceptional at crowd reading and um, just watching people's body language of what music they react to. And that's by far just one of my strongest points that I think sets me apart from from some other counterparts in the industry. I like that. Yeah. And, and there are no disagreement, disagreements with me in regards to, uh, you know, women being more in tune than men in certain areas. So I don't take offense to that, you know. Uh, I think in a lot of cases, that's that's the truth. Yeah. You know? And and one of the great things, if if we allow ourselves to learn, is to be in tune with your audience or in tune with people. And as a DJ, I think that's something that really allows those of us that can fill the room. It allows mm-hmm. us to be that much more successful. Yeah. Because it will allow you to make turns and go down streets that some people may not go down because they don't feel that. Yeah, definitely. And, and those things are turning points for events. You know, mm-hmm. it it separates a good or bad event sometimes. Or a yeah. lot of times, I'll say. So, yeah. You know, that's a good thing to have, and and I'm pretty sure with with being able to feel that, it it really helps you in your events. Yes, I think so for sure. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, what is your go-to music? And when I say this, I'm not talking in regards to when you're DJing for someone else. I'm talking about solely for you. What is your go-to music? What makes you want you know what makes you want to pull your hair out (laughs) oh man i feel like it's the question where someone's like what's your favorite song ever and i'm just like that's such a hard question (laughs) i I know it's a hard question so 
you know, and I know this is an emotional question that I'm asking you, and more than likely you're going to answer that based on the right now. Yes, <laughs> so, it really so is. I understand. And, well, I mean, that's probably the way I was going to answer it. Is it really depends on the moment that you're asking me because. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to sound, I mean, people, my husband makes fun of me for this, but or used to make fun of me for this, that I would drive when I drive home from an event, I normally drive in silence. I don't even have music on. I'm just letting my mm-hmm. thoughts go and, and kind of unwind on my way to events. I honestly listen to Christian music cause it kind of, it just calms my nerves and, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of relaxing to me and like it's speaking filling my soul and getting me ready mm-hmm. um, to give my best and just getting my mentality to where I need it to be. Um, so sometimes it's Christian music. <laughs> and then sometimes my favorite music, like if I'm if I'm getting ready to go out with the girls, I'm, I'm listening lately to like Glass Animals or something along that lines, um, more poppy stuff. And then if I'm outside walking for cardio, I'm listening to remixed country stuff or if I'm riding on my motorcycle I'm listening to rock so Mm. I really do love everything and it just depends on what I'm doing in that moment of of what's speaking to me the most and what I want to listen to very interesting yeah so I really listen to everything (laughs) but I understand and and I'll say this TJ for me um, rock classic rock calms me down it, yeah. it puts me in a in a calm state of mind. Yeah, uh, that's so funny. Because yeah. it does the opposite for me. It like yeah, exactly. ramps so, me up. I used, you know, that was my my sports days. Like I'd be listening to ACDC, like getting ready. <laughs> pumped mm-hmm. up. No, I'm telling you, it calms me down. Yeah. And it just because I get so caught up into the sound yeah. and listening to all of the instruments and you know the vocals. Yeah. And it just it calms my mind down. Yeah. Because for me, my mind is always racing. Yeah, and, me too. And I and I tell people as a DJ, I have to slow myself down in my mm-hmm. head. Because when I'm DJing, uh, I've had about five or six parties in my head. And I'm just getting to the first party that I'm presenting to my audience. Yeah. And, and I have to... Um, I'm literally... Like I'm in chains up there, and yeah. you just can't see it because my mind is moving so <laughs> fast, you know. So yeah, but so it's I, funny too. But I mean, you you naturally do that as a DJ, anyways. Like we're always 15 steps ahead of where we want to mm-hmm. go with the music. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I understand. You know, I I like so many different types of music. It just depends on what's going on, yeah. how I'm feeling. And that kind of dictates what I listen to. Yeah. And we can use it that way, especially because we're so in tune with how music affects people and affects our moods. If you're really self-aware and you realize that day, like, you know, I could really use something uplifting. Then you can throw an uplifting playlist on and use music um, to help you get through that day or vice versa or whatever. So. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So what I'm going to do and what we're going to do, we're going to take a break and we're going to get into a mix that's based on those things that you just mentioned that you like. (laughs) Okay. So 
we're, we'll put it together. We'll see what it sounds like and we will enjoy it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be right back with you guys and thank you again for joining. All right, fun. In the mix with the Almighty Network, DJ, DJ, Mike.
in the bud. We never relaxing. Our cast is everlasting. Not clashing, not at all. But see, my want to do a little acting. Now that's for anyone asking. Give me one to pass them. Drip, drip, drop. There it goes, an orgasm. Now you coming out the side of your face. We tapping right into your memory bank. Thanks. So click at the ticket. Let's see your seatbelt fasten. Trunk rattling like two midgets in the back seat rattling. Speaker box vibrate the tag. Make it sound like aluminum cans in a bag. But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that BASS bass? But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that BASS bass? I'm a bird, I'm no 
smooth. I'm into that all of women they fool. She threw it back at me, I gave her more. Passing the problem, I know where it goes. She has to Destiny 
place I'd dearly love to be But all my exes live in Texas And that's why I hang my hat in Tennessee Rosanna's down in Texarkana Wanted me to push her broom Sweet Eileen's Nabilene She forgot I hung the moon And Allison's in Galveston Somehow lost her sanity And Dimples, who now lives in Temple's Got the law looking for me All my exes live in Texas Texas is a place I'd dearly love to be But all my exes live in Texas And that's why I hang in like I did. Uh, thank you again, TJ, for being here with us. Uh, we're going to get into some more uh, more of the do's and don'ts based on your opinion. Yeah. So my first is, what is your biggest do as a DJ? 
Um, I think biggest do, let's see, is probably just understanding and getting to know your client. Um, I think taking that extra time to get to know whether it's a couple for a wedding or a corporate client and their company, like make, just making sure you take that time to ask the questions, like understanding the family dynamics and their relationship and the couple's relationship and how long they've been together and little, little things about them. Or, I mean, I even dive into questions like, you know, shows that they watch together. And if there's certain songs on there that might get a smirk during the wedding or something like that. Um, but even for companies, the same way of really taking the time to understanding what their company is about and, and what they stand for. And I think that brings a lot to the table when you do the event so that you're actually part of it and a representative of them. Um, I always use the term like I'm your host in a way. And if you walk in there just not really knowing anything about them, um, it makes your job a lot harder. So biggest do for me is always just taking the time just on a human level of, you know, building that relationship and taking the time to get to know them. And, and on a side, boy, what do you think the effects are by not doing that? Well, you just kind of, I mean, I think as a DJ, we would just get blindsided. You know, if you walk into a company, you don't know anything about them. If it's a, um, you know, a very, especially if they're sensitive to certain, um, you know, if it's a charity or if it's like a women's empower event and they want stuff that kind of represents them in that way and you're doing the opposite or not doing anything to represent that. It's just, you're not on the same wavelength of them mm -hmm. and their event and what that means to them. And same thing with the couple. Like if you don't take the time to get to know them, you're just walking in and just playing something. At that point, it's just a cookie cutter playlist that nothing's going to stand out about that wedding that anyone's going to remember. It's not going to be customized or special to them in any way. And I think that makes a big difference in our in our world today of just, you know, taking from the average, just like, well, it's okay to taking it to another level of like, oh yeah, like that was so funny when they played blah, blah, blah intro because that's so them. And people mm -hmm. remember little details like that. And that's really important for a couple when, when we only have that one day to, you know, use music to speak about them. Yeah, and I agree. And I agree. And thank you for, you know, explaining that a little bit more in detail because I think that's very helpful information in regards to some people may not do that and may not even see the importance of it. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, one thing that's important is making that that connection and making this to be the best event possible mm -hmm. from a music standpoint. Yeah. You can help to create those lasting memories. Yeah. You know, that they can have something to remember. Like you said earlier, you know, with music, you know, music there are so many things that are attached to that, you know, in regards to memories. Why yeah. not allow your music that you're playing to be able to create those long lasting memories as well? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so what is one of your biggest don'ts? Biggest don'ts. Um, my answer might be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, no, no, by no means it yeah. will be. <laughs> well, um, let's be real. That's yeah, all we want to be I, transparent. Don't worry about it. Um, 
I, I mean, I have, if someone ever asked me, like, what's your style? Like, how do you explain your style as a DJ? And when, like, the top thing that always comes to my mind is I'm like, you know, I'm not cheesy or obnoxious. I'm not, like, over the top. And that's just not me. And I know that some clients might want that. And I just explain to them ahead of time, like, that's just not me. And it's okay if you want that. It's We're just not a good fit. Where um, I like to explain it more where... In my personal opinion, um, I think the DJ should be more of the person holding the spotlight and then the client or the couple, you know, if it's a wedding or, or the person holding the event for a company, we're shining that light on them at all times and making sure that the room stays focused on them. So I personally find it where if I'm at an event and the DJ is more making it about the DJ, like you know, they just want to talk on the mic. They want to just hear themselves. They want to be front and center in the group picture. Or they want to be out on the dance floor, like hooting and hollering the whole time. That's personally not my preference. Um, and I hate seeing that because I feel like it does take the attention away from what's important that day and puts the focus on the DJ instead when it really shouldn't be about them at all. Like we're there to help complement the event, but not be like, the center of attention of the event so that's when I'm training my team like that's one thing that I really cover with them where I'm like this is not about you like this is about whoever hired you or whoever the event is for and I don't want them to lose focus of that so that's that's just my personal opinion of the don't yeah and and you know I can't speak against that because I feel your sentiments I do not like when I see someone that and and it seems like they're making it about them yeah i i think that's wrong because like you said it's not your day it's their day and for me from my perspective i want to be heard and not seen yes in the sense of that and 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 i'm basically saying the same thing that you're saying you know Mm -hmm. you do what's needed to be done to assure that they have a good time. Do not step over that line where it begins to be your show. Yes. So, no. Hey, I agree. I agree. So don't feel bad about that. If somebody don't (laughs) like it. And I just think that's something personal because one thing that we have to get to a point to where we can do is respect each other's perspective, even if we don't agree. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, you do what you're doing. If that's something that you do, oh, hey, have a great job. Yeah. Just because you do it doesn't mean that I have to agree with it. Right. And it doesn't it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just we all have different experiences that led us to our own opinions. And it's just Mm -hmm. how I view it. Yep. And hey, I have no problem with that. No cause. No cause for me. Yeah. So with that being said. What is it about the business that you don't like or approve of, other than what you just stated? Um, does the administration side count? <laughs> like, hey, really... hey, whatever. Yeah. Hey, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, of course, like I'm a multi-op, so I do a lot more of the office side than maybe a solo op does. But, um, but even a solo op, like it's still, it's a lot of work that people don't realize that we have to do. Mm-hmm. behind the scenes just to give good customer service or mm-hmm. just to be able to market ourselves or even be known. Um, Cause we can be amazing in our jobs, but 
people don't know about us or we can't give a good customer experience before we even get to the show, then we lose the client trust. And there's, you know, there's so many variables there that the day to day of just never being able to turn off and constantly just, you know, emails constantly and just social media posts and just all the things that are tied up with that of the office side of it. That part's really hard for me. And I think um, just because I have a family also and, and never being able to, well, I guess that's the only time that I would ever say, oh, I miss my nine to five where I can clock out and be done for the night, you know, <laughs> where we don't, we, we just don't get that luxury. And we really do to be able to do this career. There's so many blessings and so many rewards, but that's kind of the, the pitfall of it is you have to be. Um, accepting that you do have to be kind of on and available almost at all times um, and be able to set those boundaries of being like, all right, I'm going to turn my phone off eventually today, <laughs> give myself a breather and just being self-aware that we need that sometimes. But it's definitely just the the 24-7 um, rise and grind, I guess, of this career. That part is is definitely hard some days. So would you say that a successful DJ's job is never done? Uh, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I feel you. <laughs> you know, and yep. I have to, I have to uh, uh, disconnect sometimes because, you know, I'll get that look from my wife like, you know, what are you doing? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, playtime is over. It's over. Yes. I mean, my four-year-old even picks up on it now, and he's just like, Mommy, stop working. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's you know, and and for me, and, and I don't know how you feel about this. For me, when it comes to what we do, so many things are based on timing. Not just the mix, but when you're dealing with a client, it's based on timing. Mm-hmm. And and if that time passes by, you lose a client. Yes, definitely in today's world too. I think that's just yeah. you know that's that's more true now than it even was a couple years ago. Oh yes, because people are so microwave, micro microwave like yep. in their way of doing things that they want it now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that commercial. It's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> yes, you I know. love that commercial. <laughs> yeah, and that's yep. like it's like that with everything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so people send you an email, or they or they call you. If you don't respond in a timely manner, you call them back. You'll get the answer. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we already have someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that fast. Yep. Yeah. So I I understand your dilemma. <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Yes. But hopefully, you know, one day soon, uh, you'll be in a situation where you can just give that to somebody to do full time. and You don't deal with it. Yes. That would be a dream. We're, we're getting there, I hope. Yes. Oh, yes. You'll get there. You know, if you know, it's it's just the nature of the business. If we do good work and put good into it, it's only, we're only destined to get what we want out of it. Yes. No. I agree. Okay, so I have another question, and I think I know the answer, but I want to hear from you. <laughs> okay. uh, this is a two-part question. <laughs> what type of DJ are you? A, the DJ that plays what he or she likes, 
or B, the DJ that plays to the crowd? Yeah, definitely to the crowd. Um, I think the only, yeah, the only, I mean, I guess there's exceptions to that if they give you complete creative freedom and it's more background music, but 90% of our events, we have to play the crowd um, because it just, it comes back to that same notion that it's not about us. Like, it's not about us as the DJ and it's not about what we like because we're there to entertain and we're there to make sure that the guests are having a good time and you have to be able to be in tune with who your guests are and like what age groups are they like where might they be from like what you know decades or genres of music are going to be most in tune with what they like and if we're not playing stuff that makes sense for them and that makes them feel certain things it's just not going to be a successful event they're not going to want to they're not going to want to dance or they're not going to want to you know stay the whole time so it just comes down to like reading people's energy and and being in tune with what they might like so that we know that they're having a good time and it's always going to be about them it's just it's always about them it's never about us and that's and that's that's good to hear um and i i agree with your answer and i and and in some instance i think it's a b and a uh because i think there are times where the music that we like falls right in line with what's going on with the crowd. Yes. And, and we have that ability to interject some of those things because we may be operating on the same wave. Yes. And for me, for whatever the crowd I'm playing to, I just feel like I can mirror their energy uh, and feel what they feel. And, and sometimes what they feel is the same thing that I'm feeling. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's what we're all aiming for, of course. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you this follow-up to that. Have you ever been in a situation to where you've prepared yourself for an event and you have this, this you know, spot-on uh, connection with, with the people that hired you? You know what they want. You know what they like. And you get to the event and the the unthinkable happens in the sense of everything that you had planned is out the door and you have to come up with something different yeah I think there's there's definitely two different scenarios that I think of when you describe that and it's it either comes down to you know we spend a lot of time working with bride and grooms and understanding their what music they like and maybe they prepped an entire Spotify or something to give you know give me an idea of what they like so I'm walking in pretty much like all right here's my playlist like I can decide where to put this but this is pretty much what they want like we're on the same wavelength here of exactly what they're expecting and then for whatever reason maybe maybe they're a country couple and they're like you know we want pretty much all country everyone's gonna two-step they're, they love to dance and two-step. It'll be great. And then at the party, nobody's two-stepping and nobody's into the country. And then throwing in some 90s or 2000s or a top top 40 here and there, that's what they're dancing to. And then you're like completely off script basically at that point being like, all right, I'm going to use my discretion here and I'm going to play what they're responding to. And then you just have to change everything at that point based on what they're reacting to versus maybe what you prepped in the first place. Um, 
And normally that's okay. And, and I think that's just having the conversation the client ahead of time and being like, hey, do you trust me to use, you know, let me just use my professional creativity and my experience to read the crowd and go wherever they may take me. And that's ideally pretty much how all my events would go, I would say anyways. Like, of course, they're going to give me a playlist and like, all right, here's, I have an idea of what they want and what they're looking for and what they vision, but I know that they also trust me and I've earned their trust that, hey, if we veer off this a little bit because they're not responding to this, I already know ahead of time they're okay with that. Um, but there might be, I've had different scenarios as well where um, I think this is more like sweet 16s that I tend to think of or or corporate clients where they're very specific and give a very specific playlist that we prep ahead of time and you show up and you can tell, okay, that playlist is what that specific person wanted, but they weren't thinking about the other guests that were going to be there in the room. And it's, Don't you hate that? Yes. And it's very <laughs> like, I have to, play, and, and that's why I think of Sweet Sixteens because they're giving me like what you know what they want specifically mm-hmm. without thinking about parents that may be there or aunts and uncles or other family or what they might listen to and then you're kind of in a tough spot because then it's like you're there to celebrate the birthday person right like the birthday girl or whoever mm-hmm. and you want it to be about them and you have to pretty much stick to that because if you throw in um, because I've literally had this happen before, um, not too long ago where I had her specific playlist and somebody came up and gave her a request and it was a pretty mainstream request. And I was like, no big deal. Like I'll throw this in and people got out to dance to it. And I was like, cool. Like, and then right back into their playlist. But even that one song, they sent someone up to basically yell at me and be like, stay on my playlist. And I was like, oh. What? You know, so it's kind of a tricky line there where you just never know. Like, you really just don't know until you get there of how it's going to play out. But I think through experience, you you do start to, you'll start to notice, um, you know, dip certain events that you are like, all right, I'm just going to bite my tongue and tuck my tail between my legs and play what they want, even though you know it could be better. Um, and then some of them... Of course, you have the freedom to kind of veer off of something that was prepped ahead of time if, if they give you permission to. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I always find that to be, you know, that, you know, just a little odd situation because I think yeah. that happens a lot more. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's a frequent situation that takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, for me, I'm always kind of eager to know how other DJs adjust to that. Do you already come prepared for that? Does that throw a wrinkle in your situation because you only came prepared for what you in the bride and groom or you and the other client agreed to and you have nowhere else to go? Yeah. And are you spending most of your time downloading songs as you're playing songs? Yeah, and I can see where, I mean, that's going to affect different DJs in different ways. Because, I mean, for me, like, I I just have so much music because I've been doing it for so long, as I'm sure is your case, where it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not really a wrinkle. Like, it's kind of just, I go slow, and I'm like, "Eh, not a big deal. I'm going to move this way. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, I mean, my favorite question, actually, being asked in an event is when someone comes up to me ahead of time 
And it's normally like the dad or the uncle or, you know, someone just kind of chit-chatting before the event starts. And they, they tend to ask the same question every time. And they're always like, so, what do you have on the playlist tonight? Or what are you mm-hmm. going to play for? What are we going to hear? Yeah. And my favorite response is, I don't know yet. And I yeah. smile <laughs> and they look at me like, what? Yeah. That's <laughs> funny I say, because I say the same yeah. thing. <laughs> and they look at me like scared almost. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm going to go wherever the crowd takes me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's my, that's my favorite. I, I'm telling yeah. you, I say the same. Like, I don't know. Hey, I don't know, know yet. Wherever we, wherever you guys take me, that's where yeah. we're going. <laughs> yeah. But I can definitely see it on the side of if it was like one of my newer DJs, we prep their playlist ahead of time and do that prep work together. Where if they were in that situation where it veered completely off, they would probably be texting me like, what do I do? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm helping guide them through that. So I'm sure it just depends on every DJ's level of experience of, you know, do you panic or is it just like, eh, not a big deal. I'm going to go this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But I'm, I, I just had to get that in there because it's something that frequently happens and, and it's just... I'm always eager to know how other people deal with that because yeah. I know some people, they only operate with what they need. And, and, and I'm just of a different mindset. Like yourself, I've been doing this for a very long time. I have a very large database uh, that's based on so many different genres. Yeah, and and I love being put in a situation to where I have to veer off into another direction. I love it. Yeah, me too. You know, so I don't get bothered by it uh, or anything. I just roll with the flow. Yeah, it's more fun that way. <laughs> yes, always, <laughs> always. You know, those are some of the best times. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yep. So this next question could be kind of controversial, but. It doesn't matter to me. I think it's uh, it's a necessary thing to know. So in your opinion, do you think that mixing is important? If yes, do you think that it's a lost art? And why? I think it's absolutely important. Like crucial. I would put it to that significance. Um, as far as being hmm, a lost art... I don't think it is a lost art. I think it's just evolved in a lot of ways. Like when you say evolved, what do you mean by that? Well, um, like I, I feel like today's mixing styles might not be as concentrated on like scratching, for instance, compared to maybe it was in the nineties. So I think it's just a different style where it's more, I do see, you know, a lot of mashups and a lot of like remix stuff thrown in compared to maybe what was before and so I don't think it's been a lost art I think it's just the style has changed um, especially for newer DJs that are learning for the first time like their style is very different compared to a DJ who learned you know even 10 20 years ago or whatever I think it just changes with the different age groups of styles Um, but I regardless of the style that's being taught or learned or focused on the mixing in general, I think is, I mean, it's crucial because if you have, for example, if we have a full dance floor and we're just fading in and out of stuff and not even blending well, you're going to, you're going to lose them. Even if you only lose, you know, if, you, if it's a really 
if it's a really terrible like jumping BPMs and and not blending well, like maybe you lose the whole dance floor, or maybe you lose one or two each time, or maybe it's just that subconsciously you don't people don't realize it's happening, but when we're not blending well, you see it if you pay attention that people are out there on the dance floor and they're really into it and that segment between the transition if it's not done well they either tend to pause because they're letting their brain catch up to the new beat to kind of figure it out before they continue dancing so you still lose kind of that energy for a moment where they're rebuilding it on their own in their mind because they have to kind of like okay where, where are they going with this what's this song and, and that's happening in their brain and subconsciously you know like they're not they're not paying attention and be like oh what's the dj playing next necessarily but it still stops them kind of mid-track from dancing while their brain's catching up to the next song whereas if we blend well it's almost like we're tricking them like they're still dancing the whole time even into that next song without even realizing it because we blended it so well and i hope that makes sense i feel like i'm kind of rambling there yeah so i mean yeah without without doing a, a good mix like over the course of the night it's almost like you lose trust from your audience because they're sitting there like okay i don't know where they're going with this next and i have to kind of reach you know regroup each time <laughs> for each song yeah. instead of just being in the music and being in the moment and kind of like going wherever the dj takes them yeah uh, and i i totally agree um i think it's something Yes, things have evolved and you have uh, a lot of different ways to get to point A to point B. Yeah. But you said something that was very important and, and that, you know, the whole purpose of a blend is to merge two songs together as one. And mm-hmm. if you're dancing and you're, and you're continuing to keep that flow, then when you break that flow, sometimes you allow people to think about what they're doing and they may feel uncomfortable about what they're doing and get off the dance floor. Yes. Yeah. And when you say you you trick them and it is you, you, you trick them into staying there Mm -hmm. and getting caught up in, you know, they stay in that moment. You know, yes. it's like you're creating this blissful moment that they're just trapped in. Yep. And the I last know. thing you want to do is interfere with that unless you uh, purposely said, okay, yes, now is a stopping point. Yeah. Yep. So, no, I agree. And 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 for me, I just think at the base, we should all strive to try to learn to do that because it doesn't take away it adds to yes yep yeah okay so i have one more question for you uh what would be your best advice that you would give to other djs um am i giving advice to like a new dj or someone who's already or does it matter it doesn't matter you know, hmm. because new or old, in between, advice is it, it you know, advice is advice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of think of it like giving advice even to myself 
that's good too. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's just like almost staying fresh or staying passionate because our career choice is so passionate in general, and and we have to care a lot, right? Like we we're there for people's most important moments of their lives, and and like I said before, like we're there for the highlight reel of all of these people, which is such um, an honor. And we have to care a lot. And I think protecting ourselves from being burnt out um, or losing that passion, that would be just so detrimental to this career in whole. So I think the best advice, if I was giving it to myself or giving it to someone else, is just making sure that they, you know, protect their, protect their bodies, protect their their mental health and protect that passion with everything they have so that they don't get burnt out so that they do continue to care for every single event. And it never becomes like a, Oh, it's just another wedding. Oh, like what is their name again? I don't even remember or ever getting to that point because um, then we don't put such a focus on how important that day is and just not losing sight of that. And almost like keeping that same energy that we had our first few weddings where, you know, we're all super nervous and we like, oh my gosh, this is someone's wedding. Like, I can't mess up. (laughs) And still having those same feelings, you know, five years down the road, 10 years, 20, 30 or more, if we're so blessed to be in it for that long. Um, And just making sure that whatever we have to do, if we start feeling burnout on it in general, like finding something to reignite that passion as we go along and, and getting to the root of that. And music obviously is the root of that for me and just loving people in general. And sometimes I have to reignite that even for myself. And I was starting to feel that way even this past fall. Cause I mean, we were just all working so hard from all the catch up still. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to start playing piano again and, and learning keyboard again. Um, that I played when I was younger because I just knew that I had to take it back to the roots of just loving music in general. And that got me excited again about mixing different things and just finding that, like reigniting that passion or just being excited again about music in general. And however we need to do that, um, whether it's a new toy for an event, you know, like buying something new for the business or going and shattering somebody new or going to a conference or whatever it is, just protecting that with everything that we have is pretty much the best advice I could give. And I, I really appreciate that. And I, and I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that's spot on uh, because when you, when you lose the desire to do something, there's so much more that goes with that, that you lose. Yeah. You know, you lose respect, you lose integrity, you know, you lose your morals, you lose everything. Mm-hmm. And you may not think that you're losing any of that. You don't ask the hard questions. You don't even care about getting to know anyone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think when it becomes just the paycheck, you know, that's that that can happen so easily. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know? And I really appreciate you for sharing, you know, that and sharing all of the other nuggets that you shared with us today. It was beautiful. I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope it was good for you as well. Uh, I hope the questions uh, were thought provoking for you um, and so forth. But thank yeah. you again. No, oh, thank you. I mean, it's such an honor anyway. And it's a lot of work on your end. I know that. So, I mean, I appreciate you so much for just giving the opportunity. Oh, no, no problem. So last thing, 
tell everybody where they can find you, what, you know, your company, where you guys are at, what you do, what you don't do. Let us know. Well, um, Be Entertained Events is the name of the company. So we are a female DJ collective. So there's multiple of us. And it's just the website is all spelled out, BeEntertainedEvents.com. And then the same thing, you can find us on Instagram at Be Entertained Events. My personal Instagram too is uh, she is DJ TJ. And then same thing, Facebook, all spelled out, Be Entertained Events. And um, we do predominantly specialize in DJing, definitely a lot of weddings, but also lots of corporate and pretty much anything that has to do with social events from birthday parties to family gatherings um, and everything in between. And we do photo booths and we also do lighting design and live stream. Um, don't do, hmm, we don't do a lot of like little kids parties anymore. Um, sometimes, sometimes we do, but not very often. And we don't specialize in proms or homecomings and the school events, although we do them from time to time. It's not our main focus. And that's pretty much it. Oh, thank you. That's great information. And when you say live stream, what do you mean? So we predominantly live stream wedding ceremonies. So if a couple has like grandparents or family, just anywhere, anywhere in the world, they can watch it from a custom website and we can live stream the entire ceremony or even up to the first dance and do a full recording for ceremony too, so that people can jump on and continue to watch their ceremony afterwards up to two weeks later, as well as download their ceremony um, in case anything happens with this crazy world and pandemic so that no one has to miss out on the celebration. That's great. That is an awesome service to provide. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's the first I've ever heard that. So, man, kudos to you guys. Yeah. Mm. we. I mean, we've had, like, grandmas watch it from their nursing homes and all kinds of cool stories come oh, out of it. Man, that, that's great. That is a very good touch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Well, okay. Well, we, again, thank you, TJ. Uh Thank you guys for listening to DJ TJ today, giving us her views and allowing us to learn something about her and what she does and why she do it. So thank you again. It was an honor. Um, and if you have any important words for us, please bless us with them. Um, let's see. I think, you know, one of the questions earlier that we talked about was just of kind of what brought us to this point of even evolving into a DJ and it's everything just works out the way it's supposed to and my life motto has always been just trust the journey and it's the only tattoo I have and it's written on my body and that's the best <laughs> thing I can really ever tell anyone I'm like if something's stressing you out you know what just just trust the journey it normally works out that's cool that's cool guys well y'all heard it first with DJ TJ, trust the journey and yeah. we will do just that. We thank you again. You have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, or you night too. time. And we're going to, until next time, we'll see you guys again. All Peace. Right. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.